reconditioning the mind, and I read through it last night, and I didn't like it. <laughs> so I'm not going to preach it. <laughs> but it had some really good points, and I, I want you to understand that the way the human mind works is that you figure out one thing, and then you build on top of it, right? It's, it's so obvious to me right now because my little girl is just learning how to walk, right? So she's like doing this, and then this. They're kind of like wobbling around and then another step, right? But that, that was actually more like maybe, you know, three weeks ago. And now she's like this. So there was progress. How did that happen? <laughs> well, what happened was she figured out she didn't have to think about how to balance on one foot, right? Her mind made a click that says... I don't have to worry about how to balance on this foot. I just got to put down my other foot. And then just got to repeat the process. Her mind figures something out, and then it doesn't have to think about it anymore. And then she can walk. And pretty soon she'll know how to run. And I will not be able to keep up with her. <laughs> you guys have seen this go. You guys have seen so many kids learn how to walk. Like, you know exactly the process of, of the mechanics of how it works. Um, it's amazing. It's amazing to watch a child learn how to walk. And we do the same thing in our faith. We, have, we, we figure something out, and then we don't have to think about it anymore. And we build on top of it. And then we, get, when we figure something else out, we build on top of that. And that's really amazing the way God makes our brain work. Because we can accomplish incredible things by making so many things automatic. Does that make sense? kind of out of breath when I'm trying to walk like Naomi. <laughs> Woo, I don't know how she does it. <laughs> well, here's what happens in life. We figure out things, and, and I read somewhere, and I've got to look up the stats so I know it because I keep misquoting it every time I have this conversation with people. But there's a, there's a stat that says, like, between the ages of, from you're born to the age of four, right, the first four years of your life, like 80% of your thinking is developed. And that's just mind-boggling to me. I'm like, 80%? Come on, it's only four years. But what happens is that's whenever all of the foundations get built for the way you're going to think about life. They all get built. And then you start adding on top of that. You start going to school. And you start adding on top of that and adding on top of that. And what happens is those foundations that are built between the ages of one and four, they never change. They just don't change. Because you have so many other things that you're just building on top of them that they're automatic. So if something gets built wrong at that age, you're going to be stuck with it for a long time. For a long time. <clears throat> it's such a miracle to me when, when you talk to people who were abused as children. In whatever way. Verbal, sexual, whatever. And there's a foundation that's created in them. An outlook on the world, an outlook on other people. Right? An outlook on themselves, an inlook, I guess you would call it. But it's established. It's put in concrete. And they build on top of that, and on top of that, and on top of that. And then they, they grow up, and they're these amazing adults, and they can change all the surface level things, you know, all the things they just learned. They can shift ideas around, and okay, well, I had that wrong, so let me think this way instead. Let me transform that thinking. But you know what never gets fixed? That concrete down at the bottom. And God comes in, and through the blood of Jesus, he just changes it. He just completely heals it, 
And he doesn't destroy anything in the process. He, 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 keeps, he keeps you intact. You're this, still this beautiful person, but he fixed your foundation. God does foundation repair on people. That's cool. It's an absolute miracle, absolute miracle that he comes in and changes our foundational ways of thinking. Hmm. It's incredible. We can't do it on our own. You can't do that. You people go to psychologists or psychiatrists, psychiatrists, psychologists, they're all the same. right? They're not the same. They go to them for years. Counselors, you know, they sit on the they sit on the little bed. They're like this. Yeah, and then Belly threw an apple at my head. You know, <laughs> they talk for years and they try to figure out what's going on deep down. And, and Jesus, <laughs> sorry about that. Jesus will come in and do what a counselor can't do. He'll do it in an instant. Um, but I want to talk about conditioning and reconditioning our minds a, a little bit, even though I'm not going to preach that old sermon. Because we need to do that with ourselves, with the help of Jesus, every moment. It's not something that just happens at salvation, that suddenly our foundation is fixed. Because guess what? There were some other things that got messed up along the way too. And there's some things that we're thinking right now that are not right, inaccurate, off base. And those things need to be corrected as well. And at the same time, he's given us new revelation. He doesn't stop giving us new revelation. So what if we're misinterpreting that revelation? Oh, what a mess our brain is, right? Oh, my goodness. Lord, help us. Abraham was told to go sacrifice his son. He was told, hey, go up there. Take your son. Put him on a rock. Grab a knife. And kill him. Thus says the Lord. Wow. I'd have been like, Lord, <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't, I honestly, I can tell you right now, I don't think I would have, I would have been like, I curse you, enemy. <laughs> Your words have no place with my ears. And I would have thought it was the devil talking to me. I really would have. Perfectly honest. Abraham was an incredible man. But you know what made him most incredible is that he didn't stop listening there. Faith comes by hearing. Right? Faith does not come from having heard. Right? So just because you heard something in the past doesn't mean you have faith now. You need to hear something now to have faith. Faith comes from hearing. How do we hear? You read the word of God. Hearing comes from the word. How many times have you kind of crammed that verse together? Faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. And you say, oh, faith comes from the word of God. Nope, got that? Move on. You read it too fast. Faith comes from hearing. Hearing comes from reading the Bible. So if you think, I'm just going to throw this out there, that you can read the Bible all day and have a bunch of faith, you better think again. Because there's another step in the process. You've got to let that Bible kind of sink in and turn your ears on. And then you can hear, then you can have faith, right? So Abraham heard the go and he went. And then one of the amazing men, he heard the stop and he stopped. 
That's cool. How many times have you heard the go and went, but you didn't let your mind be reconditioned moment by moment by moment by moment? You know, God hides things for us. It's the glory of God to hide things, and it's the glory of kings to seek them out, right? And, you know, he gives us hints along the way. Like, like a parent in an Easter egg hunt, they're telling their hotter, hotter, colder, hotter. I try to sound as goofy as I can when I say that. I could have gone further. I won't, though. You know, God does the same thing. He's hotter. I know you're looking for something in me. I put it there for you to find it. <laughs> That's how God laughs. No, I don't. Pretty sure that, I don't know. <laughs> he can do all things, including laugh like that. <laughs> so, what if we're looking for something in God, and he's saying hotter, 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 and we just burn, warp speed in that direction. And we'd never bother to listen to the, oh, colder, 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 colder. We completely miss out. So all the revelation that he's pouring on us and revelation he's given us in the past, and we tried to understand it, maybe we misunderstood it, maybe we're misunderstanding what he's giving us now, and all the while he's explaining it to us. But sometimes we're just not hearing. And our mind is not being reconditioned. And we're getting a bunch of things wrong. So the new year's coming up. <clears throat> And it's kind of a big reset every year, it seems like. And finally, we got through all the hustle and bustle of December. And now the new year is going to start. We're all going to have to get used to not writing 12 at the end of the dates. <laughs> and we kind of reset. Valentine's Day will be here before you know it. And I feel like there's some things in our in our thinking that need to be reconditioned. And there's some very, very foundational things. Very foundational. I'm talking like learning how to walk type foundational. And I want to talk about them this morning. And usually I like to talk about top level stuff. I like to talk about practical things. How can we raise our kids better? How can we manage our marriage better? How can we work God into the workplace? I like to talk about top level stuff most of the time. But today I'm talking about some super fundamental stuff. Okay, so it might be kind of abstract. I hope you can, I hope I can be clear. Um, I'm sure if I'm clear, you'll have no problem keeping up. Liverpool won. <laughs> Sorry, I get these updates on my phone. I went to go get to my notes and I didn't want to see the, the score. I didn't want to see that. All right. Someone once told me that. <coughs> yeah. yeah. I get that all the time. I told Kyle and Mark the surcharge thing this morning. We were at the movie theater last night and we had free tickets. Well, now I got to tell everybody. Everybody's wondering what it's, what's it talking about? We had free tickets, right? But we wanted to see, you know, the, the 3D IMAX. High frame rate, you know, so it's going to cost a little extra because the free tickets don't cover all that. So the lady at the, at the window says, 
you know, that's going to be a surcharge. I said, of course. Is it called a surcharge because I'm a knight? She didn't say anything. Belinda apologized for me. <laughs> I'm sorry about him. <laughs> All right. So this, someone once told me if I take a kite string and I'm sitting in a house, right? Let's say we had a window on that side of the room and a window on that side of the room. We take a kite string, okay? And we're going to send the kite string out in that direction for forever. It's not going to go around the globe. It's just going to go out into space. And we're going to do the same thing on that side. We're going to take a kite string. We're going to send it out. It's not going to go around the globe. It's going to just go forever. It's just going to go. It's a never-ending kite string. When I was a kid, we tried to make a never-ending kite string. We, like, tied, like, five or six rolls together. Dude, we had that kite so high up there. It was awesome. I was afraid it was going to get hit by a plane. It didn't. We lost the kite, though. <laughs> One of the knots was not strong, I guess. So there's this kite string. It's going eternity that way. It's going eternity that way. I take a dime. I set it on the string. That's the length of my life compared to eternity. My whole life from birth to death is in that dime. That's it. That's how much kite string I get to see. That's not much. That's not much at all. I think sometimes when we think about eternity, we think of it as an extension of time. Like time just keeps going on and on and on. But that's, that's not the case. Time will come to an end. You realize that every single way that we have to measure time is based around physical creation. Seconds create minutes, which are based on hours. And an hour is based on a rotation of the earth divided by 24. All of the ways that we created time to, like uh, tides, it's, it's based on the moon and how the moon goes around the earth. Years and seasons are based around the way the sun goes, or the earth goes around the sun. Every, every aspect of time that we understand is based on a physical creation that's going to get obliterated before all is said and done. And there's a part of you that doesn't belong here. It belongs in eternity. Right? So if you took a piece of paper. Terrence, can I borrow that real fast, bro? So if you took a piece of paper and you drew a straight line. Let's put a little dot right here for, we'll call that dot Big Bang. Put a little dot over here. And we'll call that... John on the island of Patmos. Revelations. <laughs> Kyle is dying back there. <laughs> you didn't see that one coming, did you? Now, there's the beginning of time. Universe created. There's the end. Everything's done and done. Okay? And eternity looks something like this. It's completely separate. Completely separate from time. Completely. It overlaps. There's a superior reality in eternity. 
How many, how many of you guys have ever heard that term before, that phrase, superior reality? That was something I think Bill Johnson first said. And you know the beautiful thing is you see right here this little X, I guess just for warm fuzzies, let's call that Jesus. There's Jesus. Eternity crashes into time and all of our sins get forgiven. Thanks, Bill. How many of you guys ever watched the little kid's soccer game? Dude, those kids, they get into it. Parents get into it too. <laughs> I remember as a little kid playing soccer, and that, that game, from the start whistle to the end whistle, was everything. That was everything. I wanted to win that game. I just wanted to kick the ball. <laughs> I was like, please let the ball come toward me. I want to kick it. Little kid soccer, yeah? And if we lost or if I didn't get a chance to kick the ball or if things didn't go my way or if I was the goalie and I got scored on, I was devastated. But if everything went great, oh, man, I was so elated. I was so excited and happy. But it was just a short little soccer game. So you know what my mom was like? Well, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter if you lost. It doesn't really matter if you won. Well, do you think that's how my mom was? Not a chance. My mom's over on the sideline. She was the instrument lady. She had like cowbells and those little sticks that she's big. Oh, it's so embarrassing when I was in high school. But when I was a little kid, it was good. <laughs> she has a ding, 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 ding. Matt, break the slide tackle. You know, she was. Look, that soccer game didn't matter. It didn't matter at all. It was just a short little soccer game. And she knew it didn't matter. She knew that in the course of my lifetime, one little soccer game was going to have no real impact. Nonetheless, she was on the sideline, probably more into it than I was. So our life is this little dime on a string. And I want you to get this. This is something that needs to be reconditioned. It's a little dime on a string. It's nothing. 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 It's a speck of mist in the ocean. Nothing. But God is watching it with so much intensity. And he's rooting you on like you would not believe. Even though he knows how small it is. We have a human complex inside of us that wants to please our father figure. All of us. All of us. I have my dad. He lives up in Highland Village. And I want to please my dad. I want to, you know, I want to get things taken care of at my house. I want to have my family. I want to I please my dad. It's human instinct. So let me ask you this. How do you meet the expectations of an eternal father... And you've only been given one short lifetime. Good luck. How many of you guys ever feel, feel like you can't please God? Man, I, I 
I feel like that. Sure. And I know that all it takes is some is some good worship. That's all he wants. He just Yeah. He just wants me to, you know, play the bass for him. Makes him happy. Makes him pleased. But you know what I feel like? It's not enough. No matter how much I do, I look at him and he's this eternal God. He's the big infinity sign over time. And I'm just one little dude. One of seven billion at this moment. What on earth can I do to really please him? That's tough. That's tough. can't understand eternity. You realize that. You, you don't have the chops to figure it out. You just don't. You're not going to be able to figure it out. Because everything we understand uh, is based on time. Everything. Everything is based on, there's, here, this starts and then this stops. And that d- doesn't exist in eternity. It just doesn't, it's completely different. It's completely different. It's like a fish trying to figure out how to walk on the moon. Not going to happen. Genesis 1.1, okay, God says, In the beginning he created the heavens and the earth. So we know that the earth has a beginning. And the heavens have a beginning. Matthew 24.14, if you're taking notes, you're going to have to go fast. Genesis 1.1, Matthew 24.14. And then the end will come. So we know that the earth has an ending. 2 Peter 3.10. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. So we know the heavens and the earth have an ending. Isaiah 46.10 There is none like me, says the Lord, declaring the end from the beginning. And from ancient times, those things not yet done. So we know that time itself has a beginning. Because he stood at the beginning of time and declared the end of time. Daniel 11.6 And in the end of years, they shall be united. So we know that time has an ending because there's going to be an end of years. So time has a beginning, time has an ending. The earth has a beginning, the earth has an ending. The heavens have a beginning, the heavens have an ending. Psalm 102, 27, your years will never end. (laughs) I love that because it used the word years. (laughs) That's ironic. A year is a earth going around the sun. And so the psalmist said, your years will never have an ending. That's cool. He used a temporary measuring tool to evaluate an eternal creature, right? I love that part. Luke 1.33, his kingdom will never end. And we know that God's kingdom has no ending. Isaiah 40, verse 8, the word of our Lord stands forever. We know that God's words have no ending. Are you beginning to see the difference? You got time, where all of us live, and then you've got eternity, which is something we can't really conceive of. We just know it doesn't end, whatever that means. And in that place is where all of our loved ones went. 
whether to the good side of it or the bad side of it, is, is somewhere else. It's something else. And we're all going to find it. We're all going to find it. And everybody in this room, I'm sure, is going to find the better side of it. But what about right now? Do you begin to understand eternity and just how big it is? You can't help but begin to think that your life isn't big enough. It's not long enough. It's too short. What do you do? This is what I'm talking about. I want to change some foundations this morning. This is what I'm talking about. I want to change some foundations. Why are you on the planet Earth? Why do you exist? Why didn't God just create you in eternity? Like the angels. Why not? Why not? Why are you here? Why did he create something that has a beginning and an ending? Why would he bother? I'm an artist. I like painting. Whenever I paint something and, I, and I'm done with it, I don't paint over it. Although I do have one painting I'm about to paint over. But that's not the point. <laughs> the point I'm making is I don't paint something and then say, ah, I started the painting and now the painting will end. And I'll like destroy it. <laughs> but that's kind of what, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm crazy, but that's kind of what it seems like God has done. He created time. He created earth. He created you know, space and all this stuff, and, and he's like, it's, it's this amazing creation I have, and then I'm going to end it. I'm, I don't understand why. I don't understand why. I'm getting the deep foundations, aren't I? Y'all didn't expect this. We have responsibilities here on earth. All right, so... Let's jump back into just here and now real fast. You got a responsibility to share the gospel, okay? There's people out there living lives of sin. They don't know their father. You got to tell them. There's people out there living hopeless lives. You got to tell them there's something to hope for. There's people out there thinking, uh, living faithless lives, thinking that whenever they die, that's it. You got to tell them there's something more. You got a responsibility, all of us, to share the good news of Jesus Christ. We're not worthy of eternity. But He is, and He said we can come. That's good news. That's very good news. And you got a responsibility to tell people. But you know what? There's, a, there's something else. There's another responsibility you have, and it's to appreciate the temporary. You have a responsibility to appreciate the temporary. You want to be like God? Don't forget, He's the one rooting for that dime on a kite string. So root for it. You have a responsibility. If you want to be like your Father, be like Him. Appreciate the little things. Stop the car and watch the sunset. 
little things. Take the time to take the time to watch a little kid learn how to walk. It's beautiful. Beautiful. That is your eternal purpose here within time. Okay, the Bible says even the rocks cry out. Look, I haven't heard any rocks crying out. But the simple fact that they exist is a testimony to the greatness of God. He made them and he's going to destroy them. But for right now, it's our job to appreciate them. Okay? Now that's like a, wow, Matt, you went through all that just to tell us that? Come on. But there's a foundation there that you have to understand. You have to understand that your life is short. <laughs> you gotta understand the struggles you go through, the defeats that you go through, the heartbreaks you go through, the triumphs you go through, the, the, the joys that you experience. Dude, they're all so short. They're so short. And they're not why you're here. You're here to appreciate what God created here. Whenever I go on a vacation, it's my job to appreciate the place I go to, even though I'm coming back home soon. You realize we're all on vacation here. There's an eternal piece of us that's going to go back to eternity whenever our vacation's over. And whether it's raining in our vacation or whether it's sunshining in our vacation, it's our job to enjoy the location that we're at while we're here. And then it'll be time to go home. But you know who's a real bummer is the guy who goes on, va on vacation and doesn't like it. Who wants to be that guy? Nobody wants to be that guy. I'm going to go to Aspen, Colorado. Oh, it's too cold. I like it up here. Nobody wants to be that guy. So 2013 is starting. And it's just another year. And I'm not going to stand here and tell you it's something greater. I'll leave that for some prophet out there. But I will tell you this, it's a year that God made. And you have a responsibility to appreciate it. You have a responsibility to enjoy every little thing that comes in it. Every little struggle, every little blessing. It's another day of your vacation next, next year. So enjoy it, okay? All right, let's talk about security and stability just for a second. The most important thing in this lifetime, in this, in this little dime, is for you to stay close to God. That's the most important thing. Do you know who understood that? Job. Job probably went through the most unstable time the most insecure experience that any human will ever endure. But he understood that his main mission here on earth was to appreciate God and stay close to him. It was not to enjoy this or enjoy that, even though he definitely enjoyed a lot. God gave him a lot. So you're going to go through struggles, and I don't want you to think that you're being defeated by, by struggles. I, you're going you're gonna to have somebody just take you to the bank 
awesome stuff. And you know what? It doesn't matter. Because that's not your main mission here anyways. Are, are we getting that? If you live your whole life and you don't live and you don't lose a job and you never have to go without but you never knew Jesus how many of you would call that life a success You have a main mission here and that's to know Jesus okay so you go through all the hard times you want to go through but you're still breathing and you still know Jesus you're still successful Okay? Life is crazy. All right? Life is crazy. You know, if I get on a boat and I go to cross the Atlantic Ocean, guess what? I'm going to hit a storm or two. It's going to happen. But you know what? The disaster is not the waves that crash into my boat. The disaster is not the, the winds that rip my sails apart. The disaster is if I lose touch with God, that's a disaster. That's a sunken ship. So you let those waves just hit your boat and pray, Lord, take these waves away. <laughs> and you let the wind just rip up your sails and you pray, Lord, please stop this wind. It's ripping my sails up. But in the end, it was the prayer. <laughs> it was the prayer that was the most important thing. Because that was you being close to God. You see that? Now look, God doesn't send crazy waves and wind just so that you'll pray. That's not, he doesn't do that. He's not going to manipulate you into staying close to him. The world sends those things. And you get to use them as a tool. Aha! Here's an opportunity for me to pray. And you stay close to God. Alright, so 2013, I'm not going to promise you it's going to be awesome. I can promise you that. Hey, look, there's a fiscal cliff. <laughs> Woo! All right, let's get out of here. It's almost time to go. It's past time to go. I'm not going to do an altar call. This wasn't really an altar call type of message. But we will have our prayer partners up here if you need uh, you know, prayer for salvation, prayer for healing. If you want to give your life to Jesus, don't wait. Don't wait. If you need healing, let me just say this. One of the conditions that gets messed up when we're a young believer is that we think God is not that to me. God is definitely that, but he's not that to me. I know the Bible says that God is a healer. I know, the, I know, and we build all this good theology on top of a bad foundation that says it doesn't apply to me. And if, if you've been praying for healing and healing and he hadn't come, you know what? That foundation in you has just been getting strengthened and strengthened and strengthened, and it's a bad foundation. And it's time to break it. Because God is your healer. Okay? He's not everybody else's healer, but not yours. He's for you. He's rooting for your dime. He's rooting for your body. Okay? So we have our healing banner. We want to pray for healing. And I just want you guys to be blessed as you leave.
Did we have fun today? Was it a good day? I mean, I had fun. Did you guys get something out of that? I know, I know it was. I know it's all like abstract thinking. We're talking about eternity and, you know, I feel like I needed like nerdier glasses or something. <laughs> but it's important that we understand where our home is. Okay? And we need to understand that this is not our home. Rich Mullins, one of my favorite artists, wrote a song called Land of My Sojourn. It was a song about America. This is just, this is the place that we're here right now. And God put us here for a reason. He wants, to en- wants us to enjoy it. It's not going to last forever, but that doesn't mean he doesn't want us to enjoy it. And we'll be home soon enough. But let's enjoy what we have in 2013. Okay? Be blessed. We love you guys. Come up for prayer if you need it. Stick around. Talk with people. Uh, if you have kids, I'm sorry about the sugar. 